What happens when you put two experts behind mics to match wits on the current state of financial services, the economy, investments, and more? From the American College of Financial Services, this is Wealth Managed. Welcome to the Wealth Managed podcast. I'm Michael Finca, Professor of Wealth Management at the American College. And I'm David Blanchett, Head of Retirement Research at PGM. Let's talk about the inverted yield curve, one of our favorite topics. So uh, this is something we haven't seen in a while, which is the rates on short-term bonds are higher than they are on long-term bonds. Um, as of today, we're, we're looking at 4.5%-ish rates on T-bills. And uh, that's it's actually very high for short-term T-bills. We're talking like three-month T-bills are, are off the charts. Um, and rates on five years and seven years and 10 years treasury bonds are significantly lower. Now, you might look at that and think, well, that means I should put all my money in short-term treasuries because they're providing such an attractive yield. Um, but wait a minute, if I put my money in longer-term yields, I could actually lock in that rate, which is higher than it's been in a long time. So 10 years, I, I can lock in something that is maybe 3.75%, and I'll still get 3.75%, even if interest rates go down to say 2% in five years. So that's the that's the, the risk that all of us face. Do we wanna cash in all of our chips on these short-term bonds, or do we wanna lock ourselves into rates that are higher today than they have been historically? How should I think about this kind of decision? Well, first, I think you're assuming that someone's going to hold those bonds to maturity, right? You know, while it's true that you can go out and buy a bond you hold to maturity, I think that you know, if you buy bonds, you do almost all investors bear interest rate risk, right? Where if rates go up, rates go down, the returns is impacted. So I think to me, you know, th this doesn't happen all that often. You know, we were looking at some data and maybe less than 20% of historical periods, you know, bills have had. Um, a yield that's higher or less than bonds, and you've really got two choices, right? You can, well, three choices. You can invest in bills, you can invest in bonds, you can invest in stocks. And, and for me right now, I think that, that cash is especially attractive just because there, there, there is no risk there, right? Because in theory, you could buy a bond today yielding 3.5% or 3%, or what happens if yields go up even more? So to me, it, it's, it's this really difficult decision whether or not to kind of take the free money of cash that, that is effectively riskless or to invest in riskier assets, especially when the spread is as high as right now. Well, and let's think back to um, traditional finance theory, which says that the expected return on a risky asset is a function of risk-free plus some sort of a risk premium. But now the risk-free, instead of being like 1%, which is what it's been for a long time, the risk-free could be 4%. And you know maybe even five percent on a CD, which means that the hurdle that the stock needs to overcome is even larger for it to beat that kind of a short-term investment. And that's when you look at the historical data, that happens during periods where the market's experiencing a certain amount of turbulence. The market expects that there is going to be a recession coming up, and that's one of the reasons why we see this inverted yield curve. And that's one reason why cash might even be more attractive in terms of how much of your portfolio are you allocating to cash? How much are you allocating to riskier assets? Right. I mean, I think if you look at the data, one of my favorite data sets to use for this is I call it the JST data set. And they've got a lot of interesting data from 16 different countries going back to 1870. And there really is kind of stronger evidence that the more that bills, the yield is higher than bonds, 
the better off you are owning cash versus bonds and stocks. Now, the obvious thing here is reinvestment risk, right? I think that you know we're see we, we still see a lot of flows, for example, into fixed rate annuities or MIGAs that are kind of five to seven year term, even if they have got lower rates because it locks you in. People like that certainty. So I think to me, like a question here is you think about like the nature of this higher premium for owning cash, there is this reinvestment risk, right? Where if I want to own a safe asset, should I go ahead and just buy a MIGA or an annuity that, that has a higher payout because it's got a higher payout for long? Well, I mean, I think that's what investors are thinking. Like if I'm thinking about what to invest for retirement, I might have a 10 or 20 year time horizon. Do I just go ahead and, and allocate a large share of my savings into something that's going to mature in a year or two, when instead I could give myself greater certainty in the long run by taking more of that term risk. Um, and normally, historically, there has been a premium for investing in longer term bonds. But what happens during these periods of an inverted yield curve? Do we still get that term premium historically? And the answer is actually no. So it now is a good time. If you look at that historical data, what you see is that the right allocation really is to overweight towards these short-term types of bonds if that yield curve is inverted. Let's take a break for a moment. Deliver financial planning for every person and every need through our chartered financial consultant education program. Find the tools and skills you need at theamericancollege.edu slash chfc. Let's get back to our conversation. So, I, you know, I don't know if I was actually looking at this today. I don't know if you remember when in our optimal portfolio for the long run piece that we did like a decade ago. What we found is that is that over longer periods, when you have longer time horizons to invest, cash and equities squeeze out bonds, right? The allocation of bonds kind of goes away. And so, like from my perspective, in periods like right now, it doesn't mean that you don't invest in equities, but it does mean that kind of radically shifting duration to something that is, if rates do happen to rise more, you could see, you know, it won't be as pronounced as 2022, but a, a negative return on bonds again. No, it's probably a good time right now to remind people that bonds are a very tax inefficient asset. And during these periods where bond yields rise, you pay more taxes on the growth that you get from your bond investment. So all of your gains are taxed every year, at your marginal income tax rate, that's very tax inefficient. So you're, you're actually losing a chunk of your gains every year by investing in bonds. That's another disadvantage of over allocating to the bond portion of your portfolio within a non-qualified account. I think you can say within a qualified account, this is an opportunity to really begin to resurrect this idea of asset location and locate more of your bond type investments within your IRA or your 401k. And if you are going to allocate more to bonds, shoot for that shorter duration because the market, you know, and I think really what's happened historically is that the market guesses that there's going to be some kind of a recession coming up. And if there is a recession, we're going to see a drop in interest rates. And if that happens, then you're really going to want to lock yourself into those long-term bonds. But it seems like the market overshoots it during these periods of an inverted yield curve. So the market expects that those rates are going to go down maybe faster to, and to a greater extent than they actually end up going down over time. Yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't too concerned about asset location like a year or two ago when you know yields on cash were effectively 0.1%. But I think to your point, like right now, when you've got, when you've got cash that can yield, say, 5%, 
you know, understanding where you where you're buying these things is so important, now, right? So you've got, you know, like the value of allocating inside a, a tax sheltered account, like a like an annuity. I think you know creates very easy tax alpha day versus say buying a CD, right? So I think that you know decisions investors should be making around investing now. Taxes are a much bigger part of that safe asset portfolio than they were say a year or two ago. You know, and another point to make about asset location is that the credit risk premium, it's almost like the bond market is existing in a different world than the stock market. The credit risk premium right now, it, it doesn't seem that great. So some of the differences in yields between treasuries and corporate bonds are not that high. And it seems like, you know, if you're going to invest in some of these short-term bonds, why not? You're not getting that much of a bonus for investing right. in corporate paper. Why not just focus on on these treasuries? Treasuries are so attractive. Now, of course, we had this recent scare um, with the debt limit, and there are some risks when it comes to federal bonds. But as long as we're buying stuff in dollars and the federal government prints those dollars, then you can assume that it's essentially a risk-free type of asset. I concur. In conclusion, Think a little bit about what your bond portfolio looks like. If you're tempted to shorten the duration, go ahead and shorten the duration on the bond portfolio. The historical evidence is on your side. Think a little bit about asset location, whereas it may not have been as effective in the recent past. It's going to make a difference now. Locate some of those short duration bonds within those qualified accounts. But in the long run, especially if you have a 20-year or 30-year time horizon, equities are probably going to outperform. So it shouldn't necessarily affect your asset allocation decisions all that much. But in terms of the bond portion of the portfolio, probably edge a little bit towards short term. Yeah, I mean, I think a parting comment might be that I think that now could be a great time to own shorter maturity, shorter duration cash. But you got to keep your eye on it. Like, don't, don't just put it in cash and leave it there for five or 10 years, because there's a very good chance at some point we're going to see a reversion where you've got bonds having higher yields than cash. And that would make sense to move you know, those monies that you can out of cash in the bond. So I actually have to pay attention. To yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, I know. What a bother. All right. Thank you, everyone, for joining us for this edition of Wealth Managed. I'm Michael Finka. And I'm David Blanchett. See you later. For more episodes and shows, visit theamericancollege.edu slash podcasts. Wealth Managed is a production of the American College of Financial Services.